0: Welcome to Living the Abundant Life Broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in today, and I pray that I will say something that will help you live the abundant life. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 54. We'll begin reading at verse 14. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14. We realize, no, this is we're in the sermon series uh, established in righteousness. And this is the fourth, I believe, uh, installment of this sermon series. Isaiah, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter fifty-four, and it reads, "In righteousness you shall be established; you shall be far from oppression; you shall, and for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. Now, why shouldn't these?" fear, this terror, and all these things come near you? Because you're established in righteousness. Now, let's think for a moment. How does God establish us in righteousness throughout everyday life? He will use things, when you have a heart for God, he will use the things that matters to you, or he'll use your things in life and teach you. And if you have a willing heart to obey him, he'll establish you in righteousness and seek his face, all right? Now, today we're going to focus on distractions. Distractions, it happens in our lives. Distractions. The online dictionary uh, meaning of distraction, it says a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Two, extreme agitation of the mind and emotions. Now, let's look for a moment we all can 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 uh relate to this especially the second definition have you ever been traveling on down, down the road going home and you forget your term because your mind is on so many different things I'll give you another one have you ever been looking for your keys only find out the keys is in your pocket or what about this one you're 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 you're, you're looking for your glasses but the glasses is on top of your head I heard a preacher talk about this. He said that, you know, you know, you'd be so preoccupied. He said he called his wife and, and asked his wife, said, man, I can't find my phone. And she said, well, what do you call me on? <laughs> so the point is, sometimes we can be so distracted through emotional or mental turmoil. In other words, our mind is just on too many different things. All right, we're talking about distractions. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. We'll begin reading at verse 31. Luke chapter 10, verse 31. It reads, he said to them, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Listen, I am sending you as lambs among wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the road. Now, just wait a minute. The last statement, greet no one on the road. What is Jesus telling his, the 70? Don't get distracted. Now, in looking at this, especially that part that says greet no one on the road, it has a reference in the middle, and it referenced uh, St. Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 29. And that particular verse, well, let me tell you the story before we get to the verse. Basically, this is a Shunammite woman. Remember, her son died, and so she went and found Eli, Elijah, Elisha, the prophet, and told him what happened. And so Elisha, the prophet, this is verse 29, tells Gehazi, his servant, to not talk, stop and talk to anybody. Go straight to the, to the boy and lay my staff on it. In other words, go with a sense of urgency. So Jesus telling the disciples, greet no one on the road. In other words, do not become distracted. Now, why did Jesus tell those disciples that? It is because he knows that enemy, one of the great types of the enemy is to distract with people. They'll be traveling down the road. Someone say, hey, David, how you doing? Just strike up a conversation. Now, why is this important to know? Oftentimes, when you're dealing with the kingdom of God and specific assignments, it's time sensitive. God has ordained for you to meet someone at a specific time, at a specific moment, for you to intersect with them because you don't know what they're going through. There's a word for them. But if you're not in the right place at that specific time, you're going to miss them. It's about the kingdom of God, advancing the kingdom of God. Once again, there are some things in the kingdom, some assignments. It is time sensitive. I'm reminded of Joyce Myers. Uh, Joyce Myers said that uh, and she gave this testimony many times. She said that, you know, she started a ministry and the ministry was growing. And then all of a sudden the Lord tells her to uh, start a, a television broadcast. Well, she said she looked at her circumstance situation. And said, We can't afford that. She said that God told her, she said, listen, if you don't do it now, you will never have this opportunity again. You'll never have this opportunity again. So she struck out by faith. Now, understand when you're doing television, that's a lot of money. Obviously, they they didn't have the financial wherewithal to be able to do that at that time. But because she obeyed God, how does God work? Well, first of all, let's look at this. The scripture says it's the Holy Spirit that draws. So because they were obedient, God began to draw more people to listen to her. And not only that, he he those people he touched, he was able to touch their heart to give them to the ministry. I heard her give her a testimony the other day. She said, We've never been in a financial deficit. We've always paid our bills on, on time. And so that is because she stepped out in faith. Now there's something else. Sometimes we feel that we can't do this because of our perhaps lack of ability. Or it's not so much our lack of ability. Maybe we just feel that we're not there yet. Well, let's look at this. It wasn't her ability to speak that drew the people. No, it was the anointing of God. When you obey God, God will always send people your way. You know, I'm reminded a few years ago, uh, I knew this particular individual, she was starting her catering business. And, uh, and, I, and I believe it was a word from the Lord. And I told her, I said, you know, because she, she was thinking about, well, who's going to buy my food, who, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I told her, I said, let me tell you something. When you're doing what God tells you to do, you don't have to worry about that. God will anoint someone to taste your food, to like your food, and contribute and buy your food. Your job is to obey God. Do your very best in the natural, but let the anointing of God get on that food. God will draw people that will have a particular liking for whatever you serve. That's how God works. Remember, it's not all us. We do what God tells us to do, but the rest of that stuff is on God. Okay. So once again, some things are time sensitive. Now we're talking about distractions. Once again, the word God says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things will choke the word out and you will become unfruitful. I always thought this was very interesting and this is mark chapter four uh i always thought this was interesting because this was the third thing right before because the, the next person received the blessing isn't it interesting that enemy will use these three types of distractions to get you to get you from completing your destiny we have to make sure that we are not distracted we are not distracted now what i'm talking about is vividly illustrated in the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to First King, chapter thirteen. All right. Now, because there's so much reading, I'm just going to paraphrase what happened, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to have to go back to partially a part of First uh, King, chapter twelve. And we'll get get to where I'm where I'm talking about. Well, anyway, and and First King. Well, let me just set the set the background. Uh, the The kingdom of Israel split between Judah and Israel. And Israel, they got this, this guy by the name of Jeroboam to be their king. Well, you know, why, why, when Jeroboam, Jeroboam sorry, became king, he did a couple of good things. You know, he fortified cities and, and did a couple of cities, for that matter. And uh, But things seemed to be going well. But then Jeroboam had this thought. He said, well, if the people of Israel go back to Jerusalem to worship God, they may see that, you know, we need to keep the kingdom uh, or the kingdom need to, be, need to be someone in David's line, bloodline. That means they may wanna take the kingdom of Israel away from me and kill me. And he's thinking, no, I can't do this. I'm paraphrasing, no, I can't do this. So this is what he did. Now you all know this is nothing but the enemy. He built and made two golden calves he set one in the city of Dan and the other in at Bethel, and he told the people, "Hey, Jerusalem is too far. Come here to one of these two cities and worship." And so the, the word God says that the people began to greatly sin and worship those idols. Not only did he do that, he began to appoint the people. He said, "Anybody who wants to be a priest will make you a priest." So, guess what? They began to, to, to worship these idols and burn incense and all, on the altars and all these different things. Well, of course, you know, this thing displeased God. And so the word of God says that he sent a young prophet from Judah. And so when verse, I'm sorry, when chapter uh, 13 of 1 of, of, uh, Kings, when it starts, this man, the young prophet, enters uh, the place where uh, the king Jeroboam, is is uh doing this sacrifice things to the golden calves. Okay. And so he says, the word of the Lord comes on him, and he says, Hey, basically, and I'm paraphrasing that you will not uh God's gonna raise somebody up from David's kingdom, and they're gonna basically destroy you and and destroy all of these false prophets or these priests and all these people you appointed. And not only that, to show you proof that God is going to do this. The altar that you sacrifice is going to break in pieces and the ashes is going to fall on the ground. Well, of course, Jeroboam, the king, didn't like, he didn't like that. So he stretched out his hand and said, seize him or arrest him. And the word of God says, when he did that, guess what? His arm was paralyzed. He couldn't draw it back. And so Jeroboam saw real quick that this is a move of God. So he asked the young prophet, he says, hey, pray to your God to heal me. And so the young prophet did, and his hands were stored just like the other hand. Well, the 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 the, the uh, king Jeroboam, you know, he, he was happy, so he told the young prophet, he said, Hey, come eat with me, and I'm gonna give you a great reward. Well, the young the young prophet told him, said, Well, I can't go with you and eat and drink with you, even if you would give me half of your kingdom. I can't do that. In fact, the word God tells me I can't eat and drink in this land. I can't do anything. In fact, I can't even return home the way that I did. I have to take another route. Well, a lot of people saw this and word that would happen to the king, it got out real quick. How many of y'all know the word of God, The God can be demonstrative in certain things, especially when you're talking about these false prophets or this, this idol worshiping? He can be demonstrative. Guess what? When he does that, it wakes the people up. It shakes them up, all right? So anyway... The word got out, and these these young men went and told their prophet. I mean, sorry, told their father, which the word of God calls him an old prophet. Told him the old prophet, their father, everything that happened. And so the old prophet asked, told his sons, "Hey, well, where, where, which way did he go?" They told him which way he went. So the old prophet saddled his donkey, went and go and found the young prophet sitting under a tree. And uh, he said, "Well, hey, are you the 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 young are you the young prophet from Judah?" He said, "I am." And so the old prophet, once again, he says, hey, can you, uh, uh, why don't you come home with me and eat with me and, and drink and all these different things? Well, the you know, once again, the young prophet told him what the word of God told him, I can't eat, I can't drink, and I have to go another way. But then the old prophet, the word of God says, lied to him. He told him, well, an angel came to me and told me to get you so you can eat and drink in my house. Then the young prophet got up and followed the old prophet home. Now, there are some things here I think that's quite interesting. I believe, and this is my observation, I believe that that the young prophet was hungry and he was thirsty. Because it didn't take much to convince him. So anyway, he got to the old prophet's house and began to eat and drink. And the word of God says that the word of the Lord came through the old prophet. Who lied to him? Came through the old prophet, and he told him, "Because you have t- talked to the to the young prophet, because you have disobeyed me, you did not follow my commandments. I told you not to eat or drink and go another way. Because you came back here, you will not be buried with your fathers." Now you think something like that would would scare you straight? The young prophet didn't even. He didn't even. He continued eating. The word of God says, when he finished eating. He got up, saddled his donkey, and went on his way. The word of God then says that a lion came out toward the, the young prophet, and uh and and so the young lion, I'm sorry, the young lion, but the lion and the donkey was standing there. The word of God says people saw it. Now remember, this young prophet just prophesied to the king a few hours ago. So word got out about the, the, the uh, young prophet, They went back and told the old prophet what happened, so the old prophet sat his donkey, went to go get the young prophet. And this one thing I think was very interesting, and this can be found in verse 26 of chapter 13 of 1 Kings. And this kind of disturbed me, kind of got under my skin at first glance, but it taught me something. When the old prophet uh, got to the young prophet, he picked his body up and put it on his donkey, and he said this, when the prophet who who brought him back from the way, heard about it, he said, it is, the, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. And thus the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to him. Now, let me tell you something. I had a problem with that. The old prophet, the one who lied to him, who deceived him. He tells him this is the, the young prophet, basically I'm paraphrasing, who disobeyed God. and Because he disobeyed God, the lion tore him up. Now, I was kind of feeling some kind of way about that. But then as I began to meditate on the word, I saw it. When God gives you a word and you know it's the, the, the proper season, you don't let anything distract you. There will be no excuses. If you whatever you allow to distract you is not because of the distractions because you disobeyed God. You gave more attention to the distractions, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. You 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 paid more attention to those distractions than the word of God. You did not honor the word of God you honor those things above the word of god and the scripture says that they choked the word the word the word that the young prophet was supposed to go back to his home without eating and drinking in that land choked the word out of him, and he became unfruitful he was not able to go home you all distractions when god gives you a word from the lord when he gives you an assignment And you know the assignment is now. It's now for you to start that assignment. Do not allow anything to distract you. I don't care what it is. The enemy loves to use strife. You know, you may have a a propensity to to get angry and get upset about things. He can use the cares of this world. Just sometimes you're trying to do things for God. The enemy will throw all kind of things your way to get you you off, off the path. It could be something that you like. It could be this pretty young lady. It could be this guy or whatever. It could be money. It could be whatever it could be. It, it can be a distraction. But guess what? It's not those things or those individuals' fault. At the end of the day, it's going to be because you, because you disobeyed God. Be careful of the enemy. Oftentimes, he'll come in and try to convince you, well, like he did Adam and what did God really say? to get you to question or doubt the word of God, the word that God gave you. That's a sure sign that is the enemy's talking. You need to run, run the other way, run forest, run, okay? So be careful of the distractions. At the end of the day, based on this, you can never blame anybody but yourself because you gave precedence of, or, or I should, not that, I should say it this way. You gave more attention more honor to the distractions than you did the things of God. So, let's continue reading. I have one more example. Go to Luke again. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. And let me say this, when you are when you dis- disobey God, the consequences are so painful. They are so painful, and I guarantee you, you will wish many days that you did not disobey God. You will, If you had time to rewrite time, if you had a chance to do it all over again, you would, because it is so painful when you disobey God. Those distractions can, can really be painful, okay? All right, let's go to, once again, Luke chapter 13. We'll begin reading at, at Luke, uh, I'm sorry, at verse 31. And it reads, on the same day, certain Pharisees came saying to him, him and Jesus, get out of here. Depart from here for Herod wants to kill you. Now they're talking to Jesus. The Pharisee is telling this to Jesus. Jesus responds. He says to them, go and tell that fox, look, I cast out demons and I perform healing today and tomorrow tomorrow. And on the third day, I shall be perfected. Nonetheless, I must travel today and tomorrow and the day following for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. In other words, Jesus said, I ain't going nowhere. I got to preach today, tomorrow and the following day. In other words, and Jesus said, I have to complete my course. I have to finish what God, the assignment that God gave me. Remember, it's time sensitive. Jesus knew he had to be there and minister to to those divine appointments. The people who he had to meet, heal, or whatever, he had to advance the kingdom for that specific time. So, in other words, he was not afraid of Herod. In fact, he told him, you tell that fox, I am based on paraphrasing, I ain't going nowhere. This is Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, I believe. All right? 31 through 33. Jesus refused to be di- distracted even when his life was threatened. Now, it didn't say that people were lying. They said that Herod wanted to kill him. Now, I'm just really with the word of God. But I'll tell you what, it had to be some truth because Jesus tell, said, you tell that fox. In other words, Jesus wasn't trying to hear him. He was not moved by any type of terror or oppression. What we read in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14, he was because Jesus was established in righteousness. He was established in righteousness. When you are established in righteousness, you will not be distracted. Now, one good thing about it, when God tells you about the distractions, you have a choice.
1: I'm either going to
0: follow and obey God, or I'm going to choose to honor the distractions over what the word of God has told me to do. Distractions. Distractions are used from the enemy to stop you from reaching your destiny or your full potential. Distractions. Don't let it get you. God has a great plan for you. Stay focused. Stay the course. God, once again, has a great plan for you. He has a specific path for you, not only to bless you, but so you can be a help to someone else in need. God wants to use you to be a help to someone else that may be struggling in the area. And because your life, your experience, or the word of the Lord that came to you, God will use you to bless many people. But guess what? If you're distracted, you will not be at the right place at the right time. Speaking of which, and I'm kind of reminded, have you ever been somewhere and you knew you were at the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing? You can always sense when you're not in the right place If you often have a feeling. i give you a testimony. I mean, one time it's not a testimony, but I'll give you an example. I remember one time it was an MLK parade. I mean, I'm sorry, MLK day. And. I had a dentist appointment, but you know what I did? I said, well, you know, it's MLK day. I just want to rest, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, after I missed that, it was like an eight o'clock appointment, about nine to 10 o'clock, I did not feel right in here. I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be taking care of business. It was an appointment. I should have been there. Yeah, did I reschedule it? Yes, I did, but, hmm. I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I should have been doing something else. I could sense that I was not where I was supposed to be. I was distracted by doing nothing. <laughs> so what am I telling you? Distraction is easy to come and it's so easy. But particularly today, I want to focus on when God gives you a specific assignment. It's time sensitive. When you know you're supposed to do it, don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. Set you an agenda. Make sure you have an agenda so you can do what God has called you to do. Again, distractions. Give God a hand clap of praise.